first podcast of the season. Who's excited? I know I am. I know you missed me last week. Took the first week off just because week one's always a bit of a crapshoot with projecting who's going to do what. You know, coming off the the past season, you're always going off of old information, and this year more than any with no preseason, it's just hard to know what everyone was going to look like. So wasn't going to waste your time with my guesses and assumptions. I was going to see how week one went out, and we saw it, and we loved it, and we're going to go from there. So today we're going to do projections or the matchups of this week, who's playing who, who looks good, who has questions. We're going to start with who benefited most from the Thursday night game last night. That would be Drew. Drew versus Chase. Big performances last night for Drew from both quarterback and running back, Burrow and Chubb. Drew making the bold choice to put Mr. Deshaun Watson on his bench and go with the rookie in the Thursday night matchup who had the better matchup going against Cleveland rather than Watson going up against Baltimore. We saw what Baltimore did to Cleveland last week. No one wants to go up against that defense right now. So a little bit of a risk, a little bit of a gamble. Definitely paid off for him. 300 yards, three three touchdowns. Uh, I don't know. I saw something that said, like, no rookie's done something like that, you know, in their first few games or maybe in their rookie campaign, 303. Burrow looks to be the real deal. If they can get any sort of extra protection or any other help on that team, then the Bengals could maybe turn into something one day maybe not this season with their second uh loss in their first two games though so nick chubb proving that he can in fact run the ball just last week played baltimore got stuff time and time again this week big bounce back game 124 yards two touchdowns exactly what you drafted them to be hopefully it's going to be more the same for drew moving forward everywhere else on the on the rosters we have people who have not yet played in this matchup against chase you have the receiver battle in Atlanta, Julio Jones for Chase, Calvin Ridley for Drew. Uh, the story has been since Calvin Ridley came to town, Ridley's more of the touchdown guy, and Jones continues to be the yards manufacturer. We'll see if anything can get flipped this week against Dallas. Dallas perfectly capable of putting up points, so it might be another need for Matt Ryan to really air the ball out and uh, get things going for that offense. Other players are looking to see the field, Drew. Decided to put Malcolm Brown into the lineup after last week's performance. Clearly the starter for that uh, Los Angeles Rams team, even though McVay has said that he has no problem with doing a committee approach. Whoever has the hot hand is going to continue to see the ball. Philly can be tough to run on, so we'll see what he is able to get going for them. Without Michael Thomas, you know, Drew's leaning on his receivers, uh, Smith-Schuster and Calvin Ridley, wanting big games from both of them. Uh, his running back pickup of two three times i don't know how many times drew cut and picked him back up again spent a little money to get him back but robinson got all the work for jacksonville last week chris thompson barely even a factor granted chris thompson more of a pass catcher jacksonville was never really behind in that game so great game script didn't really dictate that they needed to use him much we'll see if it's any different going against a tennessee offense that might be a little bit better than perhaps the colts were last week it's hard to say that they got caught looking past somebody when they were their week one matchup but everyone thought that Jacksonville's looking to tank this season they come out and put up 30 something points in a week one opener and get a win and it's got everybody questioning is Gardner just gonna you know lay down and let Trevor uh, Lawrence come in and take his job it does not look that way for Chase uh, questions in the receiving position that I have I mean Jamison Crowder 
currently questionable. If you, I don't know who all was able to see any of the Jets game on Sunday, but Crowder had a real big game, had a real big play. But at one point, you saw him like pull up, grabbing his hamstring, and start to limp off. I mean, hamstring injuries can be very deadly and detrimental to a player's productivity. Those soft tissue injuries are really hard to get over. They need a lot of time to heal, and players continue to try to play through them and often end up just being limited in their ability. With him not practicing Wednesday or Thursday, there's no telling how close to 100% he'll be come Sunday and playing San Francisco, a really tough defense, though that defense did just place Richard Sherman on the IR, so they'll be without him, which could open things up a bit in the passing game against that team. Maybe not the defense that we saw last year, but certainly uh, not one that you really want your guys going up against. The other big question for Chase would be Keenan Allen. Certainly didn't do last week what you hoped he would do, what you drafted him to do. Tyrod Taylor seemed a bit more uh, willing to go to Mike Williams deep downfield than Keenan Allen, and the Chargers also uh, just lost their starting center, I think, for the year. I forget what the injury was, but I saw he was having surgery and was probably going to be out the rest of the season. So if there's any inconsistencies in that offensive line, it can make things even tougher for the quarterback to get the ball uh, to their number one number one paid receiver in Keenan Allen. So a couple of question marks there. Uh, in my opinion, going off of those things, I think I have to lean uh, in Drew's favor in this matchup. Of course, it's probably the easy pick to say after last night. He's already up 80 points on Chase and projected to win. But uh, even without those things, a couple of question marks I have on Chase's team just lead me toward thinking that Drew's going to uh, bounce back and get his first win of the season this week. Okay, next up we have uh, Nicholas versus Robert. Birds of War versus the Robert E. Robs. Starting from the top down, both of these teams have quarterbacks that really went out and did stud performances for them last week. Uh, Matt Ryan for Rob, Josh Allen for Nick. Josh Allen, you know, did big things uh Last week with his arm and with his feet and coming up against the Miami Dolphins, we just saw Cam Newton you know, rush in for two scores against the same team last week. Josh Allen perfectly capable of pulling the ball down and getting those, um, you know, those touchdowns himself just using his wheels. So I wouldn't be surprised to see more of the same from him in that game in Miami. And then Matt Ryan in Dallas, um, also of the Falcons for Robbie, has Todd Gurley. I mean, all the offense that we saw out of the Falcons last week, it all went through the air. Not a lot of it went through the ground. Maybe that was because the front line for Seattle was just good enough to sort of stuff the run. They had to abandon it and go to the pass. Um, Dallas, probably not quite the same force that Seattle is on the ground. Malcolm Brown got two touchdowns last week against Dallas, so maybe this will be a bit of a bounce back for Gurley. Hard to make the, you know, the snap judgment or the overreaction after just one game with a new team, but... uh People want a lot of things from Gurley in Atlanta on a one-year prove-it contract, so he wants to see the same stuff out of himself. We'll see if he can get anything going in, in Dallas, in Texas this week. Also uh, in that game, Rob has Michael Gallup going up against the Falcons, who uh, defense is certainly not scary to anyone, but uh, last week it was more Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb than it was Gallup involved. Granted, Gallup was the... I don't know, the non-beneficiary, I forget the right word, that um, the that bad offensive pass interference call that the refs called uh, with uh, Jalen Ramsey in coverage. It would have been a big play, big breakaway play that got taken away. So Gallup still involved, but maybe not quite as much as last year with the rookie uh, CeeDee Lamb coming in and taking targets from him 
as well. For for Nick on the other side, he's got a tough running back matchup and David Johnson going up against Baltimore. While he could see more work even than he did last week with uh, other running back Duke Johnson possibly missing the game with an ankle injury. Um, it could get increased in passing work. Houston probably looking to be in a negative game script situation going up against Baltimore who will get their points, who will put the ball on the end zone. It's just you know, Baltimore did nothing but stuff. Nick Chubb last week, who's at this point, is you know, much younger, much more capable of a bruising back than David Johnson is a little later in his career. It's hard to expect better for David Johnson than what Duke Johnson or than what uh, Nick Chubb was able to do last week against the same Ravens defense. So we'll see if he can get any sort of productivity from him there. Not a lot of alternative options on his bench. And Vaughn for Tampa Bay, carry on Johnson for Detroit. Not guys I would really put in over him, so just not a lot of good options to pivot to for Nick in that matchup. Speaking of the same, having um, the number one receiver for Carolina on his uh, roster, Nick, with DJ Moore, but also at the same time, uh, secondary receiver Curtis Samuel as well. I don't know if Nick will ever play both of these guys at one time. I mean, you're kind of banking on, you know, one going down and the workload going up for the other. If DJ Moore goes down with an injury, then Curtis Samuel will step up. But, you know, we saw last week all of these guys saw the same amount of targets, and uh, Robbie Anderson was the one that really made the most of them. So we'll see how long Nick continues to roster uh, two Panthers wide receiver, if he's able to package one of them into a trade and maybe increase uh, his weapons elsewhere with a – Having Mike Williams on his bench currently, Mike Williams was the big receiver for the Chargers last week. Tyrod Taylor, you know, trying to connect with him downfield more so than Keenan Allen. Uh, like I said, last uh, head-to-head or the last one that they lost their center, so we'll see how much that affects that offense, his ability to really wait for routes to develop and get downfield if that limits their big play uh, potential. Mike Williams might have seen his best game of the season in week one and will not see much after that. Jumping back over to uh, to Rob, I mean, DK Metcalf, clearly equally involved in the offense of the Seahawks as um, no longer Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, and uh, Noah Fant, the big breakout tight end for Denver going up against Pittsburgh. If Cortland Sutton misses or if he's limited, Fant could continue to see a lot of work through the passing game. Um, you know, I mean, it's very clear that I like him much more than Gronkowski on the entirety of the season. We'll see, you know, if that if I end up being wrong about that, but I don't see Gronkowski really doing much of anything this year. Outside of that, uh, the defensive matchup is a big question mark for Rob. Still holding on to the Colts going up against the Vikings. The Colts couldn't even stop Jacksonville, who pretty much tried to give away all of their weapons in, you know, in the past few years. We're almost openly tanking, and then they come out and they hang 30 on the Colts, and the Vikings... While they did not win last week, they were perfectly uh, able to get the ball moving against uh, the Packers, who I would say, while not a great defense, were certainly better than uh, than than the Jaguars. So obviously his alternative defense on his bench is not going to see uh, any action going up against Kansas City. There's no point even having a defense playing Kansas City. So there's a couple other options out there that might be better off. The I think the Packers are still out there. They're playing Detroit. You know, that's not a good offense, I think. I would even be willing to play the Seahawks against the Patriots rather than the Colts against the Vikings. Just no faith in that Colts defense uh, after last week. So looking up and down at these, 
I still probably give the edge to Rob. He's got two stud running backs in McCaffrey and Aaron Jones. Uh, While Aaron Jones didn't get a lot of work last week, it was all through the air. They might look to be able to keep the ball on the ground a bit more against maybe a less productive team in Detroit. But I like what I'm seeing from Nick's team a bit more, or from Rob's team a bit more than Nick. So we'll see if Nick can pull off an upset to remain undefeated on the season. Otherwise, I think after this week, both of these teams are going to be looking at a one and one record. All right, next up we have Zachy versus Nate and the possible preview of the Sunday night slap fight, as I'm beginning to call, whoever the lowest performance matchup is of the lowest scores of the week, currently both projected at uh, a measly 135, not very high projections, not a lot expected out of a lot of these guys. Surprising, perhaps, that uh, considering Nate has one Patrick Mahomes on his roster, you know, one-time MVP, Super Bowl champ, not a lot needs to be said. You start him every week. You expect big things every week. The questions come further down uh, the lineup and not much further down, just the next spot down in one Mark Ingram, who in the win last week for Baltimore was not very involved. And if you saw any of the game, did not look quite uh, like himself of last year. All the, the two scores going to rookie J.K. Dobbins. That could have been just the way it was drawn up. Baltimore was never really in trouble in this game playing the Browns. Maybe they just wanted to get the rookie in, get him some reps in you know, low-risk situations. Going up against Houston, a bit more capable uh, of an offense. Ingram might be a bit more necessary this week to see a bit of a bounce back. But if not, if it's more of the same, then red flags could uh, start to really pop up for Ingram in this offense that he might be supplanted by. Uh, the rookie Dobbins uh, sooner than expected. Further down, uh, Ezekiel Elliott likely to get a lot of things done uh, against that Atlanta uh, defense. Uh, last week, Chris Carson for the for the Seahawks was hardly involved. Not a little, not a lot of work on the ground though. He did still get two scores through the air. Uh, while Elliott's bread and butter is just keeping the ball on the ground and sort of just pounding it up the middle. He is perfectly capable of catching the ball. And if uh, he can get any rollout plays. He has the speed uh, to make a few guys miss. So I could see uh, Elliott walking away with um, more than one score of his own in this matchup. Uh, Nate kind of leaning on Dallas heavy with uh, rookie C.D. Lamb at wide receiver. He's going to have to need uh, a lot of offense scored, you know, from that team every week to be able to have two guys at different positions, you know, on that same team. Uh, looking at it actually has two. Ravens players as well, so really expecting a lot from the Cowboys and the Ravens to put up points week in, week out to be able to support starting both of those players. Uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown being his other Ravens uh, player currently uh, flexing at, at that uh, for that wide receiver. The uh, kind of a rookie sensation on this team, to be honest, CeeDee Lamb for Dallas and Jerry Judy for Denver last week with Cortland Sutton out. Jerry Judy immediately stepped into the number one spot for uh, receivers and uh, maybe it was a bit of rookie jitters. I think he only caught four of eight passes. Two of them, uh, two of them were drops uh, that came his way and a fumble. So maybe he got that first game out of the way and will fe- be feeling a bit better in week two. Though he will be playing uh, Pittsburgh, who is a defense that is really ready to show out and help carry carry that team back to uh, you know where they're used to being, which is in title contention year after year so we'll see if Sutton's back if that helps Judy or if that takes balls away from him and what that can mean for uh, for the Broncos 
offense. For Zachy choosing to make the pivot at quarterback to uh, Ryan Tannehill rather than Carson Wentz, uh, that offensive line of Philadelphia was a disaster against Washington, and until they can show that they're able to get their quarterback some time to get the ball in the air, I completely agree with that pivot, especially going up against uh, Jacksonville. While you know they came out and they got the win, it wasn't so much their defense as it was uh, their offense that was able to get the job done, so it could be more of a shootout uh, for... Tannehill going up against that Jaguars defense and uh see your first round pick Alvin Kamara did um what Zachy needed him to do last week and would likely look to do the same uh this week with um Michael Thomas likely out for a few weeks the question is you know where does the ball go other than Michael Thomas the first choice is you know likely going to be Emmanuel Sanders because he's another receiver but honestly it could be Alvin Kamara that sees the biggest uptick in volume you know, with that big pass catcher off of the field. They can need to get the ball out quicker. They might not have the routes they want downfield. That can mean uh, more dump-offs from Breeze going to Kamara. You know, short passes that Kamara can maybe turn into something something big. Question marks that Zachy has. A uh, big one right now would be uh, receiver Chris Godwin was placed in the concussion protocol, did not practice uh, Wednesday or Thursday, I believe. If he does not get any practice in, on Friday, then he could be in line to miss Sunday's game entirely against Carolina, which would likely force uh, Will Fuller back into Zachy's starting lineup. Not the worst of you know options. Will Fuller was the clear number one for Houston in that week one game against Kansas City. But again, then playing Baltimore, uh, offense is likely to struggle a bit against that defense. So we will see how that ends up for uh, Zachy. If uh, Godwin misses, that'll be a second player that will not be seeing the field Sunday. Running back Le'Veon Bell on IR to miss the next three weeks at least. Uh, no telling when he'll actually come back, but that'll just be uh, a spot on Zachy's bench that will be occupied for the next little bit because obviously you can't drop him, probably can't trade him unless somebody's willing to just uh, invest and believe that Bell's going to bounce back in a big way. So he's going to have to hold him and see if he can get anything going whenever he gets back on the field. Uh, I think the one thing worth mentioning for both of these teams is Zachy on the bench holding running back for Miami Jordan Howard. Other side, uh, Matt Breida. I know there's Georgia Southern loyalty there for Nate, but also Miami running back. And neither of these guys was was the guy for this team uh, last week. And even if you go, if you look at their upcoming schedule, they play Buffalo this week, Jacksonville next week, then Seattle, San Francisco, Denver, uh, LA Chargers, like, you're never going to play these guys. There's no way you play either one of them in any of these matchups. They're coming up against really good rush defenses. They're not the number one read. You, it's time to cut them loose and find an alternative option. There's somebody out there that's a better shot of turning into something good for your team than either one of these guys, in my opinion. So that's up to y'all. Do what you will with it. When it comes to making game picks, uh, you know, it, I got to go with Nate. It's hard to pick against you know, a team that has Patrick Mahomes and Ezekiel Elliott. There might not be as strong of pieces further down the roster, but with not much uh, greatness coming from the other side from Zachy, I'm going to give uh, the favor to Nate in this matchup. Okay, halfway there. Three down, three to go. Next up we have Dan versus Mike. Another game that got kicked off in a big way last night for Mike with two players involved in the Thursday night game, Joe Mixon and Odell Beckham, both turning in uh, Pretty decent performances. Odell with a bit of a bounce back, 74 and a touchdown uh, this week compared to last week and all of last season, really. It seemed like 
Odell was really the number two on this offense when Landry was uh, the number one. And uh, unfortunately for Dan, housing Landry on the other side, that was not the case in this Thursday night game. Landry with only 46 yards uh, receiving and no scores. So a bit of a flip-flop from last week on who got uh, the real workload, but it's always seemed to be a bit of um, a connection issue with uh, Odell and Baker, more so than an opportunity. He's always going to him. It's just when he can connect with them has been the question mark. And Thursday he was able to able to do just that. I think one big play really made the day for Odell, a 40, 45-yard uh, touchdown reception really you know, gave him his week. Uh, Mixon was a fine game, not really what you want uh, from that player, only 40 Six rush yards on the ground. Good work in the receiving game. 40 yards. Again, Burrow put up 300 uh, plus, and Mixon saw a bit of that. But you really want to see him getting a bit more work on the ground, and ultimately, you know, finding the end zone is what you want to see out of your running backs week in, week out. Not happening this week, but still a fine start uh, to the week four, Mike, compared to the slow start for Dan. But outside of the players that have played, the players coming up. QB battle is uh, an old Super Bowl matchup, and Russell Wilson for Dan and Tom Brady for Mike. Uh, again, Russell Wilson started last week, arguably just you know getting off his uh, rookie campaign to a hot start. One of the biggest games I think he's ever had. He was like the third highest uh, completion percentage for quarterbacks that threw over 35 attempts in a game. I think only missed four passes. One of them was a drop that hit DK Metcalf right in the hand. So that's not even really on him so going up against New England uh, another team that's capable of keeping up with them and uh, while their defense is better than Atlanta it did not quite look like the defense we saw last year uh, only Miami only put up 11 points on them sure but it is uh, it was Miami um, not exactly uh, an offense that strikes fear into the heart of its opponents so likely going to see a bit more points uh, going up against the Patriots than we did last week and uh, for Tom Brady for Mike you know, it was a bit of a question mark what he was going to look like in this Bucks offense. Like, he looked capable. He got a rushing, uh, you know, touchdown as well as a passing. He, there were a couple of interceptions uh, to go with it. So, but, you know, this is the Buccaneers. Bruce Arians trying to make the offense Tom Brady's offense rather than making him learn, uh, you know, a new offense. It's a bit of, you know, obviously it's a, it's a growing thing. It's going to be getting better over time. But going up against Carolina might be just what the doctor ordered, not a defense that really worries anyone uh, when they see them on their weekly schedule so maybe a big game coming for Mr. Tom Brady but again if uh, Chris Godwin misses because of the concussion if Mike Evans is still limited with his injury it could really hurt his passing opportunities with you know his number one and number two guy uh, either not being on the field at all or not being 100% uh, if they are there so We'll see what he's able to do with or without those guys. Um, the biggest question mark I have in this matchup would be for Dan's running back uh, crew right now. Uh, no real options on the bench. Latavius Murray still like the number two in New Orleans. He'll get a little bit of work, but as long as Kamara's there, he's going to get the you know the lion's share of it. And Chase Edmonds, same thing to be said, uh, backing up Kenyon Drake. If either one of those starters go down, then yeah, Dan's got great guys on the bench waiting in the wings to step in and fill, the, fill those roles, but not guys you're really going to want to start week in, week out. And the guys that he is forced to start because of it, uh, Austin Eckler, who was great last year, but last year was last year, and Phillip Rivers was a quarterback who is no longer. Tyrod Taylor, you know, 
last week showed that he does not need to check the ball down to the running back the same way that Phillip Rivers does because he's capable of keeping the play alive with his feet, being mobile in the pocket, and still able to get the ball downfield. Uh, the coach of the Chargers even confirming that they probably won't need to use Eckler in the passing game the same way they did last year because of their changes in offense. So without that, you know, that pass-catching side of his game, uh, Eckler not looking to be the player that we saw of him last year, and then other running back Devin Singletary for, for the Bills, nothing really impressive from last week. He did get seven targets through the air, which is great. You know, again, I mean, pass catching really makes, uh, you know, running backs worthwhile in this PPR format. But, you know, with a rookie Zach Moss and they're taking touches just the same, it's a real, you know, dual threat in that backfield. And with uh, if they just go hot hand or whoever happens to be, in or get on the goal line is going to be the one who gets the score is not necessarily the one who's having you know more touches or more activity in the game it's kind of a flip of a coin so not a lot of reliability there uh, for the running backs of Thiemann's team on the other hand uh, the opposite is almost the case for his receivers Hopkins uh, showed out that you know he's exactly what everyone wanted him to be in Arizona last week and feeling that he was uh, ready to be the number one guy in Minnesota and is capable of getting it done so long as he stays healthy so He'll be leaning a lot on those two receivers to continue that week in, week out to really be able to carry his team. Uh, the big, uh, I don't know, not big, but the potential choice that has to be made now is in the tight end position for Dan. I know he's a big fan of Higby. I know Higby carried him the last few games last year when he had his huge stretch of 100-yard games in the tight end position for the Rams. But right now, with Jared Cook uh, on his bench and Michael Thomas set to miss some games, you know, there's gonna there's some targets there that need to be caught by somebody and Jared Cook could be a big beneficiary, uh, you know, from Drew Brees in that offense. So I don't know if I necessarily, you know, trust Higby over Cook right now in this particular matchup. I might lean Cook over Higby myself, but that is just my personal take. Whereas uh uh, Mike has, you know, Darren Waller, who's the, you know, the auto plugged in number one tight end, kind of a target machine. He saw, you know, a fair amount of targets last week while he might not have had the yardage to go with it. He was involved and he was important in going up against New Orleans, who usually is able to put points up on the board, though they usually have Michael Thomas. We'll see if that changes this week. Uh, they could need Waller to do more of the same. The potential bench player that could uh, be a bit of a surprise uh, for Mike would be James White running back for New England. Uh, again, Cam Newton is fully capable of putting the ball in the end zone on his own if they get down there, but they were playing the Dolphins and were in a positive game script the whole game. And if Seattle puts up any bit of a fight or is able to get ahead, James White was still involved, caught three passes uh, out of the backfield for New England. Uh, Cam has struggled in the past with you know those little check down throws, a lot of times overthrowing his receivers, but three for three last week. And if they fall behind and need to utilize that play a bit more often, James White uh, will be there and is capable of being a productive back, you know, from uh, you know those those game scripts. But looking at what we got now, obviously Mike is off to the to the races, so to speak, with his start. You know, a little bit ahead, currently seven-point favorite in the projections, but I think everyone saw and remembered uh, last week that projections mean essentially nothing when players are capable of dropping 50 points when they're projected to get 20. So it's hard to lean on projections much. But just looking at uh, what they have, uh, I lean, you know, that I trust running backs more than I trust uh, receivers to get consistent, reliable 
work. And because of that, I think Mike has the advantage at that position. So that's my pick to come out of this game on top. Okay, coming into the home stretch, we have Tommy versus Mr. Ryan Randall. Another game got kicked off uh, last night. Tommy with the primary receiving beneficiary for uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Uh, one Tyler Boyd bringing in uh, 70 yards and a score. Getting Tommy the start he needs after a tough week uh, last week. When Boyd didn't look to be uh, the, you know, the first look in that offense, it was more A.J. Green, but the opposite was the case this week. Uh, Boyd coming in with the bigger game, Green struggling in the contest, but getting away from uh, what happened last night to what will be happening on Sunday. A lot of changes uh, for uh, the Mud Dogs lineup. Uh, the pickup and plugging of Emmanuel Sanders, the new Potential number one receiver in New Orleans with Michael Thomas set to miss uh, at least a few games with his uh, high ankle sprain. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has always been a reliable uh, route runner operating well in the flats, capable of you know making some plays with his feet, with his speed. We'll see if he can be uh, that player. We remember him being in his time in Denver for the Saints, Andrew Brees. Uh, also getting plugged in is new receiver Robbie Anderson for Carolina. Big game last week. Always a big play potential when he is on the field, uh, capable of getting downfield in a hurry, and Teddy Bridgewater not afraid to go deep with him. Uh, going up against Tampa Bay, uh, while you know usually the runts of the litter in the NFC South, their defense is actually not anything to scoff at. You know they did a pretty good job um, of holding down the Saints last week, though they still lost the game. If you uh, were able to watch any of it, you know you know that Michael Thomas walked out of the game or limped out of the game with an injury, but that wasn't until, you know, really towards the end of the game. He was full 100% for a lot of that game and was not productive in his time on the field. The Bucks were really able to clamp down on him. So Robbie Anderson, not the number one on that team, so might not see, you know, the number one defensive uh, stopper, might be able to get open, might be able to get one big play downfield, which is all he really needs, you know, to, to make his week and be uh, worthy in being a Tommy starting lineup on his bench is a real, you know, almost great farm system of receivers just waiting in the wings. Mike Evans currently hanging out on the bench until he can get a bit more certainty on his eligibility for Sunday's game with the injury he's carrying. Also uh, receiver on the bench, John Brown did great last week for, for Buffalo uh, going up against Miami this week could still be a strong play. Devontae Parker, you know, left the contest against the Patriots uh, with an injury of his own. Not sure what his uh, status for Sunday will be, so justified to being on the bench. But if he's ever able to come back and return to his uh, form of last season, he'd be a great receiver to have in any starting lineup. And then uh, rookie Jalen Rager for the Eagles, while he only caught one ball last week, it was for a deep score. And so it was, you know, almost enough to just make it worth playing him for that one catch and go. So if he turns into anything for the Eagles, that they can get any sort of pass protection going to where Wentz has time to let the plays unfold and let him get open downfield, he could be um, the same kind of threat that uh, Robbie Anderson is for the Panthers. On the other side for uh, Ryan Randall, you know, he has the automatic point score of Lamar Jackson, you know, still doing what he did uh, last season while only about 45 yards rushing. Uh, on the ground, maybe you know you expect a bit more. Or you saw a bit more from him last season, but if it's if it is not necessary, there's no reason to put your quarterback at risk, which is what uh, you know the deal was uh, last week. That game fully in hand from the get-go for the Ravens. No reason to risk their uh, MVP quarterback. 
changes uh, since last week. Uh, Melvin Gordon for uh, the Broncos could see an increased lo- workload now that Phil Lindsay, the number two running back, uh, is dealing with a potential turf toe injury. If he is not out there, that means more reps for Gordon, maybe more uh, work in the passing game, You know, which is great news. The not-so-great news is who they're playing this week in uh, Pittsburgh, who last week completely shut down uh, one Saquon Barkley, who Tommy happens to have on the other side of the ball in this matchup. He was, um, you know, had to sit there and watch Saquon only get six yards on the ground, I get, uh, I think, was uh, what he finished with, two yards less than uh, quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, but uh, still got work done in the passing game, which made his week somewhat salvageable, so maybe we can look for the same from uh, Melvin Gordon. But Randall has two pieces of two of the potentially, you know, Best offenses in the NFL right now, quarterback on the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, and running back for the Chiefs in uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who showed out in his uh, rookie debut that uh, he was able to hop into this offense, hit the ground running, and be highly uh, effective. And it's sort of the same uh, that we saw for the Ravens, that they didn't need you know, to put everything on their quarterback. They didn't have to. If the Chiefs get up, they were almost toying with uh, the Texans. If they do the same thing against the Chargers, then they could just look to grind the ball out and run the clock with uh, Edwards Alaire, and he can continue to see, you know, countless uh, scoring opportunities being a part of this offense. So real good potential for him to be, you know, a top five running back by the end of the season, despite being uh, a rookie. Only question mark, uh, really, well, all three of Randall's receivers have uh, injury designations as of right now. Amari Cooper, Cortland Sutton, and Julian Edelman. Biggest question mark being Cortland Sutton, who did not play last week, with, you know, nursing that hurt shoulder. Uncertain if he'll play this week. And again, playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, a tough defense, even when you're at, uh, you know, 100%. So looking down, possible pivots for uh, Sutton, I think the only real option would be Deontay Johnson for the Steelers. Maybe not quite the big boom bust game that he was, you know, sort of being rumored to be uh, in line for coming uh, from the offseason, but Roethlisberger coming back in 300 yards, I think three scores. Like he's ready to get back to um, what he's used to in a production level. And if that is the case, then he's always been able to kind of support two really good uh, wide receivers, whether it was when. You know, Juju's best year is when he had Antonio Brown on the other side. Antonio Brown was great when he had Santonio Holmes on the other side. Like ben, Big Ben's capable of carrying two guys, and in a matchup against Denver, could be uh, Deontay Johnson's time to step up and have that game that really sort of uh, cements his arrival to the NFL. But looking at those players, looking at who we got, I got to give, even though Tommy got off to a good start last week, I like Randall's opportunity to catch up with Lamar Jackson, with Edwards Alaire. Uh, we don't know. Uh, Tommy has new you know, RB1, uh, Jonathan Taylor, for the Colts. Again, he is a rookie just like Alaire, and he has a good offensive line in the Colts. But Minnesota did, despite losing, relatively shut down uh, Aaron Jones of the Packers last week on the ground. So might be a tough day for Taylor. Um in that matchup and just looking at those things i'm gonna go ahead and give the edge to randall this week okay last one's going to be short and sweet featuring uh you know yours truly going up against mr backdoor beckham dan price uh short and sweet because you know you ride off with uh with the champion which is you know what i currently am it's not a it's not a brag it's just a fact so I believe in my team or believe in myself. I think we got a good shot to come out and 
can stay undefeated for uh for Dan Price. You know, Kyler Murphy looks to be really good this year. I mean, he has DeAndre Hopkins. He has what everyone thought. Weapons on weapons, can move with his feet, could easily be, you know, a top five uh, quarterback or better, you know, if everything keeps going the way it did in week one. The question marks are Peyton Barber for Washington. I mean, he got two scores, but he had 20-something yards. Um, not really a running back threat on that team, in my opinion. Miles Sanders back to practicing, uh, but nursing an injury. You know, afraid it's gonna, it, might, it could spring back up at any time. Devontae Adams is a stud. Showed that for Green Bay. He's their number one guy. He's going to be the first look every single time. Uh, no real fear there would likely be the workhorse of this team and for Dan Price. I uh, had a player get started last night, Thursday. Uh, Austin Hooper for Cleveland. I was never really certain. I believed in uh, Hooper and the contract he got from Cleveland. Obviously, he did great things in Atlanta, but, you know, Sure, it's probably a bit of a homer thing to say that it was more of the Atlanta offense helping Hooper than it was Hooper helping the Atlanta offense. I don't know if he's going to be worth the money they're paying him. I don't know if he's going to be a reliable start uh, week in, week out. So I don't know that Greg Olson will be much better uh, for Dan Price. It might be worth getting out to see if there's anyone else out there in free agency that could be uh, a tight end he can trust or try to put together some trade to get somebody maybe a bit more reliable than these guys he has. But uh, on the bench, he's got, uh, I mean, Big Ben did great last week, but it's hard to play anybody over Kyler Murray last week. So maybe, uh, I I mean, I know it's nice to have two QBs, but if you're never going to play one over the other outside of the bye week, then, you know, look to get somebody else on your roster that could turn into an effective piece. And hopefully Kenny Kenny Galladay can get back involved with Detroit to help out uh, Dan Price and hop in and be that, you know, number two great receiver with Devontae Adams would be a great one-two punch for him. I don't know if this will be the week he gets back or even if he's 100% when he does get back. And uh, outside of that, it's waiting to see if either rookie running back turns into something. Was Zach Moss in Buffalo or Cam Akers in L.A.? Uh, week one, they were involved, you know, a bit, but um, not enough to where you're going to put them in your starting lineup. So someone's going to have to go down or they're going to really have to emerge as the talent that they thought they'd be. Uh, when they drafted uh, to turn into something great. But again, uh, it's, a, it's a moot point because yours truly is going to come out on top this week, 2-0, and and uh, looking to get a grasp on first place in the league. All right, and that is it. That is all the matchups coming into week two. If you made it through, thank you very much for listening. If you hopped into just uh, your matchup, maybe you're here at the end, maybe you're not. Either way, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to all those teams out there that might have caught some flack or some shade in the week one recap to those of you that did and you have wives or girlfriends that saw it and got big time mad because someone was coming at their man kudos to y'all for having some some women in your life that will stand up for you no matter what the case even if someone's just dogging your fantasy team they're going to come up and be like who's this guy why is he talking trash he you know has nothing going on well that's partially true i am working part-time only got a few hours in the week plenty of time to focus on fantasy football and try to bring y'all some quality content to bring a little bit of joy to your life and if that means bringing darkness to others to lift other people up then that's what we will do but either way uh we'll see who all checks it out who all gives it a listen if nobody great it's going to keep coming you know week to week regardless so hopefully you're enjoying it hopefully we can get some people involved be great to see you know as much chatter as possible in the group chat start to see some trades start flying off and i hope everyone's enjoying the new 
bidding system for waivers. I saw some people spent, you know, some pretty good money on some players. Hopefully the investment pays off for you. For those that didn't, you know, maybe that money you're storing up, you'll be able to get the next guy up when the next big trade or injury or whatever might happen. So best of luck this week. I wish you all the best. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you around. Okay, so now recording. Welcome everyone to the GS Georgia Southern Ultimate podcast show with the first ever guest this week's top scorer, owner of the Robbie Robs, Senior Rob himself. Welcome on, sir. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Robbie Rob. Um, Robbie Rob of the Robbie Robs. It's a pleasure. The the highly anticipated, much requested. Weekly interview with the week's top scorer this week. That is Rob. So we're going to get right into it. Get a few questions for Rob. Get his take on the game and uh, how he was able to pull off the feat that he was able to do. So first thing we will get to is if you look at the game that happened, we had, we'll start at the top. We had Aaron Jones over 200 yards, three scores. Rob, just what can you say about Aaron Jones after a game like the one he had on Sunday? Uh, I don't know other than, you know, he's a stud. I think he had, like, the highest total for this week, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but, I mean, other than that, he's, like, the running back that you wouldn't expect to be first overall right now. Like, more than Elliott, you know, Saquon, but he's in first right now, so it's yeah. a great pick. Yeah. A week like he had, I mean, you put up numbers like that, it's not quite the surprise. What was surprising to me, I had to go back and look that you were first overall pick. You had, you know, you got Christian McCaffrey on your team. But last year, like, Aaron Jones was like the number three running back on the season, and you got him with your second pick all the way, like, back to you. I, I had to go back and double check it because I was like, how did this possibly happen? But it right. did, and you have both of these stud running backs on your team. Yeah, I got lucky there. Um, you know, McCaffrey's going to be out for a bit, but I think he'll be all right. So, I, get, I think right now, yeah, they're like first and fourth running backs, mm-hmm. point walk. So, to get those two in the first two rounds was amazing. Yeah, no, I had that further down, but I can go and hop to it with uh, with uh, Christian McCaffrey possibly being out up to six weeks if it runs like the full course of this potential injury he has. Like, what are you looking to do? to kind of fill that void that he's going to leave behind? Um, well, my running back game is definitely going downhill since he's been out, obviously, but definitely going to have to make some waiver moves because Coleman on my bench is going to be out as well. Mm-hmm. So it's looking like Aaron Jones and Todd Gurley are pretty much the only running backs I'm going to have. Right. And, you know, it hasn't been spectacular, but he's been okay. So mm-hmm. I guess that'll work. But um, definitely going to make a couple of waiver moves. They might have already been put in. I'm not going to 
go into much more detail than that, but. Well, yeah, now, now that we have this new bid system in place, you can't tip your hand on who you're going for or how much you're willing to spend to get them. But I would not be surprised if everybody's tossing a little bit of green in the direction of uh, Mike Davis, the prospective, uh, you know, backup running back to Christian McCaffrey in Carolina. Yeah, definitely a couple backups um, that are going to be in play after this week. Last two weeks have kind of sucked with injuries. Really, this past week was the worst, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, if you think you're struggling at, uh, in depth at running back, you're certainly not at quarterback. You currently have number three quarterback Cam Newton and number four quarterback Matt Ryan both on your team. I know maybe favoring hometown a little bit the past two weeks in your stars, but how, how difficult is it going to be, you think, moving forward to choose between those two guys? I mean... It might be difficult, but I might just make it easy and flip a coin, maybe. I don't know. Um, third and fourth, like you said, you never know who to choose. Uh, you try and look at the matchups, but, I mean, any given Sunday. So, like you said, that is a problem, but I guess it's the best problem to have. Um, Certainly not a bad problem to have. Yeah, I mean, I'll stick with old Matty Eyes for now. Atlanta's definitely going to – I mean, they're high-scoring as ever, and now they want to win games more than ever. So Yep, high-scoring we'll high scoring by necessity when uh, you can't keep you know the other offense off the field. Right. But uh, so you're speaking of um, maybe struggles of some teams defensively, you have currently three defenses on your roster. Can you elaborate on your strategy there? Uh, yeah, I knew this was going to be a question. I feel like I did this last year at some point. <laughs> I had at least three defenses. Uh, that's that's my that's my weak point in fantasy. I think uh, I don't really know the defenses that well, but I don't know. I I feel like I would rather have a couple options instead of trying to do a waiver each week than have you know a really deep bench right. because. Uh, most of the time, I'm not going to use those guys except on the bye or if we get hurt, which is obviously why I'm thinking about picking up a running back right now. So that might have came back to bite me. But, yeah, I just I just like defenses, having options, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not the worst strategy. If, if you're holding good defenses and you're keeping those defenses away from people who might be needing them, I was looking around at the, the ones you currently have and looking at the Chargers, their upcoming schedule is – pretty nice from a defensive standpoint. I mean, they play Carolina, Tampa Bay, New Orleans could be tough, whether Michael Thomas is back or not. But then they have the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Jaguars. Like, There's no one really there that's putting a lot of fear into the heart of any defense. So you might have kind of your keeper there. And if another one you know, starts showing some flashes, maybe you can fall back. But I think you got at least one that you can probably rely on for the next coming weeks. Right. Definitely try and look, you know, a little bit at the uh, upcoming matchups and see who to keep. And I guess the other thing is, if I ever need to pick up somebody, it's always an easy drop to drop one out of three defenses. So that's right. one thing. Yeah, always got somebody on the short list that you can just you know send away if you need to fill a spot, like you said. Yep. Okay, well, I know you're probably a busy man. Like you said, lots of things to look at on the waiver wild this week. Uh, I'll see what gets you out of here with just one more question. This week you have uh, you're going up against Chase this week. So in that matchup, who do you think you're going to be looking to on your team to give you the edge and come out on top once again? Let's see. Well, I don't 
don't think Aaron Jones is going to have quite the biggest game again. Um, it's got to be it's got to be my wide receivers. I think it's time for them to step up. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Shark is probably going to be in the lineup, and Gallup. I need to see something more out of Gallup. Metcalf's been okay for Seattle. I mean, more than okay, I guess. Yeah. But he's pretty much my only wide receiver in, I guess, the top 20 or 30, probably top 30-ish. Mm-hmm. So I need those uh, those second and third wide receiver guys to step up. So I think it's I think it's going to be their time. Right, really look to, to, to round out your roster so you got people performing at all positions and not just uh, some. That makes sense. Yeah, we got to fire it all cylinders. All right. Well, that is all I have for you, sir. C- congrats again on the winning the week as the top score. Again, this is Rob with the Robbie Rods. He is the 2016 champion, looking to find his second championship in the last you know half decade. So we'll see if he's able to pull it off, and maybe we'll be talking to him again later sometime in the season. Rob, thank you so much for joining us here on the Georgia Southern Ultimate Podcast. Thanks for having me, man. It was a pleasure. All right, man. You be well. All right, you too. <laughs> All right. I just hit end on it, so we're pretty much done. But <laughs> All right. Yeah, we got through good. it. <laughs> I was a little 